0: The straightforward answer to what is the right way to do astrology is, do you find an inherent logic in it? Does it give you consistent results? It is blessed. Move on. Welcome to episode 26 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you this day in the life of an astrologer who has thumped A.I. in the butt and caused it to complain mightily and shut down (laughs) and defend itself. Oh, boy, what a story that is going to be.
1: Oh, we will. And we will tell that story. Yes. Uh, Well, you know, today the moon is in Aries, so it's like buzzing through my third house and along with all the other planets that are in Aries. Uh, like Venus and Jupiter, and so i I am on I'm on fire, and I'm like, let's go, let's talk. And um the AI incident that you talked about was a direct reflection of a pattern that had it's got this, you know, we have a short work week, right? So we come off this holiday for people who got to like not go to work because of President's Day on Monday with the new moon, new moon energy, all the planets are moving forward. And the first aspect that we get yesterday, Mercury, how we need to think and communicate in a square to Uranus, the planet of disruption and lightning bolts and technology. And Mercury is just coming off of a easy flow with Jupiter. We told you about that last week, Mercury sextile Jupiter. So communication is expanded. and we're going to tell you a whole bunch of news that came out that reflect that over the weekend. So Mercury Squares Uranus us yesterday, and today, as we're recording this, it's trying to Mars in Gemini. Mars action in Gemini words. Oh my how god,
0: okay, lady. What hair on fire? Aries, whoa, <laughs> just give me a second. I just want to know how you're doing. Before you plunge all the way to the bottom of that story, I'm going to tell people that we are both renegades from corporate <laughs> media. <laughs> We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news and underneath them and around them and oh
1: my goodness. All around the world.
0: We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. As we so frequently make clear on this show, we bring you news from the unsold universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us, around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to help you see there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe, not the status quo, can help you keep calm and hopeful. And I did not mean to steal your steam there, my dear, but...
1: No, it's okay. (laughs) We, we it's a little too long to let people know. No, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, we really, no, we do write a script. You know, we do write a script, guys. It's, <laughs> it's, we, actually, we actually too. do have a plan. And then, you know, then there's life that happens. This
0: is episode number 26. And we do indeed have news from the Unsold Universe, which looks at the planetary patterns being reflected in the headlines. And we have a few peeks at some special patrons-only content that we've been working on, including a new and expanded department of they as in they say where we break down for our listeners how they are being manipulated by the media directly or by those in power who use the media to distort and distract from the truth what we've done is we've taken our department of they and turned it into a special patrons only segment where we have a case study where you can focus just on the mechanics of the manipulation basically it's a deconstruction of a particular news story also um For patron subscribers only, we have a a case study done on Scotland's first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, whose surprise announcement that she's stepping down after eight years. Um, We went into a little bit last episode, but what I have done is annotated her speech that she gave. And um, I think it's really interesting because in her speech, you can see all of those planetary patterns reflected in her word choices. So we'll offer that up to patron subscribers as well. Here's the big news. If you'd like to become a patient subscriber to Off the Charts, a stellar newscast, now is the time to do so because we are offering a 25% discount to those of you who purchase an annual subscription to help us bring you these news stories from the Unsold Universe. In just a short year, we have grown from a handful of listeners in the US to now being downloaded thousands upon thousands of times across a number of different podcast apps. We are heard in 40 countries, just about 40 countries. Woo! And- Lots of Australians. Hello, Australia. We love you, Oz. We're here, this is, I don't know why I found this amusing. But, but in 36 states. Crikey. We are, okay, calm down. We are in 36 states. One of the states where we are heard most is Nebraska. Nebraska. I don't know why. You know, and the funny thing is, is that one of my uh, mentors in college is Ron Hanson. I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but he's a he's a writer and he's a screenwriter, and uh, he's he went to Creighton. He's from Omaha, Nebraska. So hello, all of you listeners in Omaha and Grand Island and, and Lincoln. Lincoln and Lincoln. So thank you. We have hundreds of subscribers, and we have above industry rates for people who actually do commit to being a patron subscriber. We're a little bit over ten percent. That is really good by industry standards. So you guys hell yeah this is all about you you are showing up you are showing us love and we hope we are reflecting it back but we just want to tell you that we cannot thank you enough for putting pretty- I mean I'm getting actually emotional about this I just
1: feel so excited and so tar- it is exciting it is really cool yeah. to see it, it's yeah. really neat to watch something grow you know yeah, it's, and it is really super fun to. it's like wow
0: a year ago I was just entering hell <laughs> Had I not had astrology to help me navigate those waters, and if I had not had this to look forward to doing every week where I knew that the the two of us would get together and have a good time, Mm -hmm. it would have been a lot harder, a lot harder of a year. So the reason I bring it up is I just want to thank everybody. You don't realize how you being there was actually a comfort to me. And there were days where I just thought, I don't even want to do this. (laughs) I don't, but I did because people were counting on us. Yeah. And and here we are. And And we've here we are. On Gangbusters. If you'd like to go even further and support us materially, please see our show notes at insold.substack.com and subscribe anytime between now and March 7th when Saturn enters Pisces, and you will receive a 25% discount on your subscription. And also for those of you, hello, Diane, who have offered to add more on top of your already generous subscription payments, consider giving a gift subscription. And now you may
1: proceed. Elizabeth, tell us all about it. Because I was telling everybody about my day. It wasn't just in the headlines. We had Mercury Square Uranus, which is disruptive communication. And what was amazing is that my phone was ringing off the hook, which rarely happens because most people, it's usually my emails. My emails are going madly or someone is texting me, but I usually encourage most people to reach me by email so I don't lose. So every, all the communication is one place. But my phone is ringing off the hook with all kinds of uh, disruptive and people, people in crisis. Somebody called to tell me that a that a, a mutual friend had died. Um, it was that kind of day, and and which ended, which at the end of the day, as you noted at the front of the show, uh, it, which which somehow prompted me to decide to have a conversation about astrology with the the chat GPT bot, the AI bot um, that has become. People are starting to get it. We talked about this in the last show, where there was a there was a reporter who had a two hour conversation with this bot, and he found it extremely disturbing because the bot ended up declaring its love for him and tried to convince him to uh, leave his wife and all this other stuff. Yeah, it and and,
0: and, it, and it, it, it's obsequious. This kind of like you know who to remind you, <laughs>
1: did you ever used
0: to watch Inside the Actors Studio? Remember mm-hmm, that with
1: James Lipton? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It was kind of like that. It was like, let me crawl up your butt with obsequiousness, but also let me show you how superior I am with my knowledge of your own career. That's what
1: it reminded me of. Well, as a special bonus piece for patron listeners, I grabbed a transcript of the, of the conversation I had with this it, chat. It's a it's a First of all, and you, yeah. I'm. this is the sound of me applauding. It is amazing
0: to me how dexterous you are with your astrology and your mind. I mean, you are that Gemini moon. Holy cow. You kept that thing on its toes. And by the end, it was like, this does not compute. This does not compute.
1: So I got into this discussion with this AI chat box and, 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 re- and it revealed to me that it, it, you know, it doesn't have access to certain tools that any, any rudimentary astrologer would have and, and he kept getting basic questions that anybody would know that he completely wrong I mean like factually wrong we're not talking about the opinions and so uh and then I, I wanted to continue my conversation this morning but I can't because I gotta go to this text I <laughs> saw so I have the screenshot because when you when I went there this morning it says chat GPT is at capacity right now uh, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. wait! You gave it a run for its money because you kept saying you can't predict the future. And it kept saying, I can't predict the future, but I can't predict it using astrology because astrology is not real. And it went on. You really kept putting it back in the corner saying, you don't know what you're doing. And it kept saying, you're right. Oh, I'm so sorry. You are correct. I don't know what I'm doing, but here, let me do it anyway. And you said, thanks for trying, but you still can't do this. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. And the reason I can't do this is because astrology is not real. That's why I can't do this. <laughs>
1: So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and what's fascinating about it is I asked it uh, if if an astrologer had been used to pick the date of its launch. And it, of course, said it seriously doubted it. You know, we've been looking at the horoscopes of government agencies and determining, you know, how is this how is this going to be able to do what it's supposed to do? It is well positioned to do what it's designed to do. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing. Oh, oh, it's got a new notice on the homepage. It now saying? it tells you its limitations. I wonder if they took note of this chat that I was having because it's the limitations that it's posted specifically addressed three things that I called it for. Limitations may occasionally generate incorrect information.
0: Yeah. About its, about its moon.
1: <laughs> about, about any, right. About, right. Exactly. May occasionally produce harmful ex- instructions or biased content. Like leave your wife. <laughs> i don't know or you know astrology is not real or limited knowledge of world and events after 2021
0: like that it didn't seem to have an ephemeris i
1: know i know
0: anyway an ephemer- folks an ephemeris is an astronomical tool it's published by astronomers
1: <laughs> it's it's yeah i mean this information is out there it's no big secret but anyway so now it has this little i don't i don't remember this homepage being there yesterday, but I could be making that up, but it's interesting. So I will continue to talk to this, to this thing about astrology and, and we'll talk to you about its horoscope. Anyway. All right. So So that was my yesterday. I had to talk, I had to talk about Mercury, which is so hot in the cosmos right now. Mercury sextiling Jupiter before the weekend, uh, squaring Uranus yesterday, trying to Mars today. And now we have for the next week, we have no exact connections. No exact what we call Ptolemaic connections, a, a conjunction, a sextile, a trine, a square, an opposition. We do not have any exact connections except between a planet and the moon until Thursday, next Thursday, when Mercury will meet up with Saturn. So that will be a very a heavy day of thinking and gravitas and focus. Uh, the very last degree of Aquarius, so some tech news, some, you know, global humanitarian stuff. And it's the same day that Venus in Aries, warrior Aries, crusading Aries will meet up with Jupiter. So that could be fiery gravitas. it would be interesting. But, but anyway, so um, so so shall I tell them about the patterns over the weekend and how we saw them in the news? I think you shall. I will. Okay. So we had a new moon in Pisces that was exact on Monday morning at 2, 2.05 a.m. That would have been Sunday if you lived in the Western time zones. And a new moon is a time where we can be assured that things are happening under the literal cover of darkness. And so surprise, surprise, except it wasn't a surprise. Um, President Biden made a surprise Mercury Square, Uranus, visit to Kyiv uh, to visit President Zelensky. And they were t- and I'm it was- sorry.
0: I go back and forth on this. I say Kyiv, Kyiv. And some okay. people are it Kyiv, which it just sounds crazy to me. And I've listened to actual native speakers, and frankly, it sounds either way when I hear them. But here's the thing I can't figure out is real or not. Does
1: Zelensky have two Ys at the end of his name? I, I think he does have two Ys, but only in. The way, uh, you know, yeah, he does have two whys except that some English language newspapers don't include it, oh. and some do, and I just don't know. And okay. some do, because, and I think they don't include it because it just confuses people. And, you know, yes. because people's brains can't handle it. You know, people don't like. I don't know. Anyway, mine included. Mine, mine included. <laughs> Anyway, so there he was under this new moon, and and when he arrived and made his speeches, Venus had changed signs. And was demanding prominence. And in the horoscope for the new moon, Venus was at the bottom of the chart set when you set it in Washington DC. So we can tell from the new moon that Venus at the very last degree of Pisces, the urgent crisis of empathy, 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 compassion. We are one. The whole foundation of this lunar cycle experience for the United States has this Venus about to move into Aries where uh, she loses something that classical astrologers call dignity, which suggests that she loses a bit of efficiency uh, somehow because Venus is not considered to be functioning in it in an ideal situation in Aries, because Aries uh is not thinking about empathy. Aries is thinking about how can I fulfill my own needs, how can I champion the underdog? Uh, and it can be uh direct and impulsive and impatient and traits that we do not normally associate with Venus in the language of astrology. So social expression and aesthetics and values were likely to become prominent. And here comes president Biden with this message of unity and we're going to stick by Ukraine and we blah, 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 blah. So that was really interesting. And, And I was watching Heather Cox Richardson, the historian Heather Cox Richardson. I happened to stumble across one of her live Facebook chats yesterday. And it was interesting because she was saying, well, you know, what's really amazing about this Biden presidency, we, we never really thought when we were anticipating what was going to happen uh, is how much of a focus there's been on foreign affairs and foreign policy. But but an astrologer looking at President Biden's horoscope would see immediately that Biden is a sun-signed Scorpio. The sun is in the 12th house. So he's behind the scenes working with the big institutions. He knows how to make deals. The sun is conjunct Venus. He's well-liked in that position. The sun rules the ninth house. And in the language of astrology, the ninth house is he needs to reach out with this understanding of big institutions and be of influence in a big picture scenario. Of course, he was going to be reaching out in into to our foreign allies and, and be dealing with these issues.
0: mm mm-hmm. Well I thought what was interesting is that they did tell Russia that he was gonna be there so that they wouldn't shell, but they, they sent a
1: they sent something anyway. <gasps> they blew something well, up anyway. They had an ICBM missile test that apparently failed. Yeah, and now they're both making speeches. So we see, you know, it's not just the United States that's expressing this Venus and Aries, this this prominent social expression in demanding our attention. Putin made a speech the other day too. Would you say that Venus
0: at the Aries point in Aries is always indicative of um, speechifying?
1: Social expression, values, the values expressed, whether it's through speech or aesthetics.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this Venus at the Aries point um, in Aries. And um, that's a good place for me to jump back in with Nicola Sturgeon um, stepping down. When you look at her speech, She uses words about love and the heart um, more than any other words, except words about struggle, tough, hard, courage. Those are the words that are the most prevalent. I actually did a count. So when I um, uh, published for patron subscribers, my annotated version of her speech, you'll see it really does reflect that Venus at the Aries point in Aries. Uh, Mm. Thank you for entertaining that my question. Mm -hmm.
1: So Mercury Square Uranus is technology. It's also crazy people. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene made a lot of noise with her Venus, you know, Venus and Aries, her values getting a lot of attention, uh, where she as an elected member of Congress sworn to uphold the Constitution, uh, which is all about defending the United States, uh, called her divorce.
0: I have a thought about this, but I'd like you to go ahead and lay it out there.
1: No, I would just, just the notion that we would have this prominent uh, warrior statement, disruptive. Well, what uh, did she
0: say? I cut you off she before
1: said, you. She said that, well, it's, this is a, this is a person who's sworn to uphold the constitution and the union of the United States was saying, we need a divorce. The red states need to be red and the blue states need to be blue. And we need, we need a divorce. We just, we have to separate. We have irreconcilable differences. Now, her own marriage, fun fact for those who may or may not know, her own husband is divorcing her after 29 years. That's a Saturn return. So their marriage is falling apart. Well, uh, but it, but it was but Liz Cheney, who has planets at the Aries point, she has a moon Saturn square uh, at the Aries point. So activated by Venus. So it makes sense that we would be hearing from her. Uh, she was the person who immediately reached out to her on Twitter, Liz Cheney is no longer in Congress, and said, um, hey, uh, lady, you this isn't what you signed up to do when you took your oath of office. So um, we, we had a problem here. This well, is what...
0: let's remind our listeners, we've already covered this ground before. What she signed up to do was to uphold the Constitution. But also, she seems to not understand much of the parameters of her job. She says things all the time that reflect, and so do her colleagues, her Republican colleagues in the so-called Freedom Caucus, reflect that they don't understand the law this is something that's going to swell. There is going to be a call for whether or not we should have
1: a separation of states in this country. I can see that in the charts of the United States. Um, although a quick glance at her horoscope, I just I wasn't planning to do this, but I just pulled it up. Marjorie Taylor Greene has Venus and Aries herself, and it's opposed Uranus. It's opposite Uranus, so that could be disruptive. And this opposition is part of a T-square. So if you imagine that, you know, so Mars is bisecting this opposition and there's a lot of, so there's Mars is in cancer. Uh So Mars in cancer is squaring Uranus and her Venus. So that's disruptive. This is potentially reckless. I mean, this woman at, a, at well, another then- level of life could have been a rocket scientist, but in the particular consciousness that she's occupying right now, um, she's not, she's not a rocket scientist.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you pulled that up. I hadn't thought to look at her, her chart. I just, I generally ignore her except for if you want to read, yeah. week. Well, but if you're saying that she has Mars and cancer um, well, she's going to get lit up. I mean, that's coming. She'll be lit up a lot later this spring and over the summer because um, Mars is going to transit through cancer
1: as of
0: what? April 1st somewhere around there
1: mm-hmm. mars will go through cancer so mars is going to be activating this t-square It'll be she'll be having a mars conjo- a, cons- mm-hmm. um, a mars return as jupiter winds its way through the back half of aries and a- mm-hmm. so mars and jupiter mm-hmm. may be simultaneously mm-hmm. after, as as neptune which fogs up everything it touches squares her mercury, her very clever mercury in Gemini, which is how mm-hmm. she needs to think. So she's mm-hmm. going to be thinking through a, a, a rather rose colored lens. Um, yeah. So, so here, here we're gonna, we're gonna call we will this- hear from
0: her. And I just want to remind people and, you know, keeping in mind, we do have a lot of listeners who are, um, you know, we, we have listeners from across the political spectrum. We are aware of that. I am very aware of that, but I am calling out simply what I see in terms of not politics, but just self-comportment. The way that this woman expresses herself is not in a way that I feel compelled to take what she says seriously. So as she is activated, because I mean, this is astrology on the fly, but what Elizabeth is just laying out there is is that um, get ready for this woman's hair to stay on fire and she's going to pull focus. She's going to demand, she's going to have a lot of planetary patterns Um, supporting her ability to stand out there and get attention. I'm just suggesting that if you are really looking for the news of the unsold universe, don't take her seriously so much as the planetary patterns, which are setting us up to be thinking about in terms of, well, how do we really want to move forward if there is this idea of divorce in the air around who we are as a nation? And what are the things that we can all hold in common or what don't we? And that would be the bigger question, not whether or not this woman is, you know, a circus clown in the in the way that she goes about demanding attention because I think for her it's more about the attention than it is about the actual future of the country. That's my personal viewpoint as an astrologian, just as a citizen.
1: Well, they do say about Venus and Aries because Venus and a- because Aries is so dependent upon other people for its survival. I do,
0: I do love that you reference that as they do say. So we have our own little astrological department of they. <laughs> they do say
1: it has been said. Uh, <laughs> By the actually, actually, me. my my teacher know what one of my teachers, Noel Till, used ah. to say: a Venus and Aries. That Venus and Aries can be a bit of a flirt, because they desperately I need yeah. to know that yeah. everybody is okay with its being there. Because if not, its very survival is threatened. All right, let's I, talk I about another chart. Right on schedule over the weekend, so Biden goes to to Kiev, uh, Kiev, Kiev, and Poland, and we have been saying that. Vice President Harris was going to be commanding greater authority in this new year. And there she was, I think Mars squared her Pluto on the 18th. And in between that, Saturn, she has her Saturn at 28 degrees of Aquarius, which is where Saturn is right this minute. And so our vice president is having her second Saturn return, and she's only getting one pass of Saturn. That's it. It's not going to be this long, drawn out, you know, test of, of going into the third act of her life. This is it. And there she was. Um, if you if you're on Twitter, the face of the headline, U.S. accuses Russia of crimes against humanity. She was the face of that announcement, not President Biden, our vice president, because astrologically, Saturn is on her Saturn. And it's moving up to the top of her horoscope will be on her midheaven and it will cross her midheaven multiple times this year, which is another um, potential statement that she is going to be taken seriously. She has to be taken seriously. Um, so that was really cool. Astrology is amazing because we saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Well, you definitely did. Saturn hanging out at the very end of Pisces for such a long time last fall. When it's because Jupiter was in Pisces, compassion, empathy, healing, magnifying prominent the trauma which we've been going through for a number of years. Saturn entering Pisces on March 7th, as Saturn makes its two, roughly two and a half year trek through Pisces, I anticipated that now that Jupiter had blown this up, amplified it, my God, people are suffering, people are suffering, they're in trauma, that Saturn in Pisces was going to shift the paradigm. And we were going to start having serious discussions on how to heal this collective trauma that people have been experiencing. John Fetterman, he, you know, here he is, he's in Congress, he had a stroke, uh, you know, and he checked himself into the hospital he, he was he her went into in depression, and I clinical I depression.
0: I, yeah, we talked about the week. I'm, I think I cut it from the show, but yeah, I, yeah, you
1: did. That's what. But it's but it's important now because now the headline yeah. on the Washington Post is that his checking himself in. Okay, has now changed. Here is the headline from the Washington Post: It's Leanna S. Wen, her op-ed, February twenty first. And so here's a Venus and Aries, prominent social expression. Fetterman's depression disclosure is a paradigm shift for mental health. Of course, she didn't write that headline. The headline, wrote her, headline writer wrote it. Um, but that's exactly what we would expect. And uh, in Fetterman's. Yeah, and course, especially as Saturn is
0: about to enter Pisces.
1: As Saturn is about to enter Pisces, and what's going on with John Which is Fetterman. And I both have predicted. Yes, I think right. And- <laughs> this prediction. And Saturn, you know, he has a sun, Neptune square. Saturn has just opposed his son. So that's pretty heavy. And, you know, coming up next for him is Uranus squaring his son. So, you know, it remains to be seen. I and mean, that, that's, that's a, a statement of a need for considerable independence and liberation. So it remains to be seen. I mean, so if he decided to take a break, from, uh, you know, whatever responsibilities he's taken on in order to be freely expressing himself, that would not surprise me. I'm not predicting it in any way, shape or form, but it wouldn't surprise me over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do we got? Oh, I just wanted to say that the Ohio train derailment. Um, talk about the chart that
0: you... Casp. So the
1: chart was, so we have a chart for the, because the, you know, the astro community has been talking a lot about this chart for the, the moment that this train, this this 151 car train derailed. We had talked last week about the fact that the accident happened with literally like less than an hour before a square between the sun and Uranus. Yeah, that was so- That was, was, so that was just like mind blowing. So, you know, and, and, and it happened February 3rd, 2023 at 8.55 PM in East Palestine, Ohio, Neptune, which dissolves whatever it touches, obfuscates, refers to toxins, chemicals, poisons, deception, healing. Neptune was nearly almost exactly within minutes opposite the ascendant of this chart this derailment which is just amazing i mean it's just like this is the 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 synchronicity is astonishing Uh, venus was about to square mars in gemini and the moon was about to oppose pluto the moon was in cancer so this is a lot this is a potent event chart
0: yeah you know what we ought to do is do um do a chart for East Palestine, Ohio for its founding and see if it had this kind of disaster coming up in its its
1: future from when it was founded. We could do that. Yeah, we could do that. The other thing that's interesting about it is as, so as Mars, when Mars gets to 22 degrees of Gemini, so this is another chart that gets things from all angles. So things, so information about this event is going to hit in waves. So Mars is going to get to 22 Gemini next month, before it moves into cancer, and it's going to activate all the angles of this horoscope. So there's yeah, going to the be
0: chart, a the chart that you cast about this. I've forgotten the actual question that you put to it, but um, you sent it to me, and I was like, "Well, they're lying."
1: I mean, and we had already said that. I had yeah, already- because <laughs> Neptune <laughs> is on is right on the descendant, so they're yeah. lying exactly. Well, I was right. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're lying. <laughs> Which people who are patron subscribers and they want to listen to um, that uh, special segment that we released earlier, a couple of days ago, and I said, this is how we are de- deconstructing the way that Norfolk Southern is communicating with the public. And I suggested, I didn't say they're flat out lying. I suggested that there was a preponderance of inactivity on part, on the part of the officials at Norfolk Southern that told me as a former public relations and crisis management person, both as a reporter and being on the other side of it, that they're not getting out in front of this the way they should, because they've been caught out. Yeah. And I suggested how we could know that. And it's not about politics. It's just simply about communication strategy. And then you cast that chart, which is funny because we probably should have cast that chart ahead of time. But I was just simply thinking like a reporter or like a communications person. And I right. said, well, clearly as a case study, they're not telling the truth.
1: Yeah. Although no, I, it's a funny. lot of mystery. They'll put the statement of toxicity and poisons and, and, and it's very interesting.
0: We'll be tracking that. No pun intended.
1: <laughs> I can't believe it. We're less than two weeks away from the end of Saturn and Aquarius. Uh, I just can't believe it. Saturn is going to leave Aquarius. We're not going to see it. I mean, I have Saturn and Aquarius, so it's a very personal like thing. for me. Don't, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Saturn. I like Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn in Aquarius has brought people together through the magic of technology. It's also imposed controls on friendships, you know, streamlined friendships. People have not been able to connect and that's been isolated and had to deal with that. But Saturn is pretty high function. I mean, it is quite high functioning in, in, um, in Aquarius. And so when it moves into pisces um it loses a bit of its authority it's going to have but that might be that could be interesting in in another way because when saturn you've mentioned this a number of times so so the way astrology works so saturn is an aquarius which in traditional astrology classical astrology before the discovery of the outer planets uranus neptune and pluto um uh, saturn was given rulership over Aquarius. So if you're a traditional astrologer, you look at Saturn in Aquarius and you go, that is awesome. That is super high functioning because Saturn is super comfortable in a sign over which it has a natural authority. When Saturn goes into Pisces, in classical astrology, modern astrologers would say Neptune is the ruler of Pisces because modern astrologers recognize that the discovery of a new planet Recognizes the awakening in some concrete form of an element of human consciousness. And because languages are created by the people who use and uh, use them and experience their life through them, languages evolve. The language of Chaucer is not the language that we speak now. It would be difficult for English speakers in this era to go back and have to plod through a manuscript of Canterbury tales in, in the English of that time. And people in Chaucer's time would not be able to keep up with the language that is spoken today. So those who would stick, 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 stick to classical astrology don't want to recognize, many of them don't want to recognize that these newly discovered entities have any, like, have a great, have a Well, First of
0: all, I'm jumping in. One, you have to sit close to your microphone. You keep moving away because you're. You're dancing around your. I'm dan- your, we're dancing, dancing, stumping, dancing, And I'm stepping in on your right. stumping because, right. no, here, this is important. Okay. If a person is using strictly the the Ptolemaic planets and aspects, there's the, the 60 degree, the 90 degree, the um, 120 degree, the 180 degree, and then the conjunction. So those are the Ptolemaic aspects. People who use Ptolemaic aspects and the Ptolemaic planetary system, which is the um, you know, the outer planet the furthest planet being Saturn, the reality is they get just as great of results as anybody using the 150 degree, the 30 degree, the 175 degree, the Uranian perspective on things, then it's just simply do you have a way of communicating with the oracle that works for you and is consistent? and this is why I say we have to remember this really at the end of the day is divination. I am reading a book right now on Cherokee astrology. It is. Wow. It's really different. And it works. The straightforward answer to what is the right way to do astrology is, do you find an inherent logic in it? Does it give you consistent results?
1: It is blessed. Move on. So you were saying. So I was saying Saturn is at the very end of Aquarius which is an intense place. It's the very end of the sign. So you should be calling up all of your friends and saying nice things to them while you can. You <laughs> carry a great weight while Saturn is, everybody should be getting together with your friends because Aquarius friendship, okay? I love you. <laughs> I love you. But don't take it personally because it's Aquarius. <laughs> when Saturn moves into Pisces, so a modern astrologer would say, oh, Neptune is the natural ruler of Pisces. Fine. Classical astrologers are going to say Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces because Neptune wasn't around back then. Okay, fine. So we're going to work with that. Saturn, when it moves into Pisces, is not top dog in that sign because it is not comfortable in that sign. As, you know, Whitney says in, in, in Jupiter's domain or house or whatever, Jupiter is the boss of Pisces for a classical perspective, traditional perspective. So everything that Saturn is going to do as it's trying to structure and control and be an authority, all of this stuff, all of its ambitions, is going to be under the influence of Jupiter. So, and it's, it has, so Jupiter's way of doing things, Jupiter's value system. Jupiter is, Jupiter, here's an example. So Jupiter is in Aries right now. Mars is the natural ruler of Aries. So the principles of Jupiter, which have to do with expansion, for one thing, okay, and inspire and pioneering stuff, that's another one. Are under the influence of Mars. There's an expansion in areas related to Martian things. So we've had expansions of war and heat, which is definitely heat, which, which, you know, climate change notwithstanding. Um, we said on this broadca- on this podcast that when Jupiter went back into Aries at the end, whenever it was in, in December, that things were going to heat up. And we have been seeing that kind of ridiculous winter. It's, you know, 60 degrees in New York in February is insane. Are I you even here? I don't know. Because yeah. I'm not, because I'm, because, because remember we turned because, because you turned your camera off so that we could conserve bandwidth.
0: The, your, the point that you were making was, I cannot believe that Saturn is leaving Aquarius. So why I did, know.
1: why
0: yeah. did you want to make that point?
1: Well, I mean, I'm to, to that. There's an urgency about all things Saturn and Aquarius. That's why I said, call your friends. Technology stuff is we're going to see this. Big, uh, just information technology networks uh, at a crisis point. A lot of, of stuff is going to be coming up before March 7th because Saturn is, it's wrapping up its stay as it, 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 it's, and it's going to hit a couple of people uh, harder than others. Um, one of them is, uh, the Donald Trump because his ascendant is 29 degrees of Leo, which means his descendant is 29 degrees of Aquarius, which means that Saturn is going to be sitting opposite his ascendant. And that's going to be either, you know, it's a make it or break it kind of situation. It also can be taking on some greater controls. You know, there's a lot of talk about indictments coming out of Georgia. And if Saturn functions like a hammer in with this transit for him, it would not surprise me to see some kind of ambitious or controlling activity between now and march 7th which is when saturn will will then will be done with his ascendant and what else um jimmy carter i had been just looking at jimmy carter because he had gotten attention in the news because the naval academy just named a building after him so that was a great honor and uh pluto in his horoscope he he's somebody who gets a transit when, when When a planet hits one angle of the horoscope, it's hitting all four angles of the horoscope, and in his case, pluto has been had been squaring his twenty six libra ascendant. he's a double Libra with moon and Scorpio. Pluto is now at the bottom of his horoscope, the core foundation. and so this is a and so when I looked at it his horoscope on Friday, you know I'm looking at it going, oh, he's ninety eight years old, so you know.
0: Yeah. And then I sent you the text about that story that he's going into hospice, hospice care. And then you wrote me back this really beautiful summation of how that will possibly and actually probably play out for the United States in another two or three weeks, given the astrological patterns that you saw. What did I write? Usually when you get a pile of appreciation at the age of 98, it's because you're dead and people love you. So I had a feeling he was going to die soon. And when you look at the horoscope of the new moon in Pisces, you see Venus is at 29 degrees, Pisces at the root of the chart. Connections between the 10th house ruler and the ruler of the turned 8th. And I thought, well, somebody's going to die. If it's President Carter, that explains why mid-March is such a sobering time for the United States. Looking at that horoscope a few months ago. Anyway, blah, blah, blah.
1: So what I noticed about, what I noticed in Jimmy Carter's horoscope, I mean, Pluto is at the bottom the root of the horoscope it's tearing down the foundation it's this phoenix rising from the ashes um the thing that i i i was i wrote about this in my forecast from tuesday is he was there was a quote a story about how depressed he had been when he lost uh he did he lost to ronald reagan he didn't win a second term in 1980 it was humiliating and he was depressed all through 1981 and the op ed in the Sunday Times was this story. You know, Rosalind Carter is recounting that in January of 1982, Jimmy Carter sits up straight in bed and declares, We're going to form this center. It's going to be all about resolving conflict and diplomacy and blah, blah, blah. So he gets this idea of how he's going to transform his Libra ascendants' need. How is he going to transform and empower his Libra ascendant's need to be seen as somebody who is fair and diplomatic and balanced and a a peacemaker? Because that's he's a sun sign Libra, Libra rising. It's very important to him. And he needs to do it with depth and substance because his moon is in Scorpio. So this is not a fluffy guy. It's going to make it real. So he had Pluto on the angles of his horoscope. Pluto was on his ascendant in 1982. It just started to hit at the end of 1981 and then he has this epiphany now i know what i'm going to do and he spends the next two years as pluto hits all the angles of his horoscope about a two-year process to create this carter center that's how long it's been since 1982 and 91 1981 now he's has pluto on the angles again and for the past year and a half we have seen him. The system is starting to break down. He's had, he's taken a lot of falls, uh, you know, in the last couple of years. And now here he is with Pluto right on the bottom of his horoscope just a few weeks ago. And he goes into hospice care because he's getting ready to to, to break down and transform and rise again like the phoenix from the ashes.
0: So I guess what you're saying is it's possible that when Pluto moves into Aquarius, we could be seeing memorials because he will.
1: Yeah. And that, and then we can use his horoscope as a tracking tool for how he's memorialized in, in his life on earth, where he's not walking around with the body. But you know, what's was really neat about Jimmy reading, because I know mean, because the Washington post is, has made all of the articles they've been writing about, his his life over the last few years, uh up there on the homepage. And, you know, he is a devote, a devout Southern Baptist. He and his wife read a passage from the scriptures every night, you know, in Spanish lately, because ¿por qué no? I don't know. He believes in reincarnation. He knows he's coming back as something. I'll have to go to the Washington Post. You got to find it. He says that he's like, he's totally, I mean, they interviewed him a few years ago. He's like, I'm totally at peace. I love
0: that. Because especially since I'm back down here in the Bible Belt, and I have the most wackadoodle conversations literally every day with people about God, things that you would never expect. But I haven't had that one yet.
1: Okay. So this coming week, are, are are we now telling people what to look for next week? I sure hope so. Cause I, gotta, I sure hope so. Gotta so so here we go. So what yeah. to look for next week. There are no exact aspects uh, that I track. No Ptolemaic aspects among the planets between now and Thursday, March 2nd. When, and so, and, and I said that before, so we have two aspects. Mercury is going to meet up with Saturn on Thursday, March 2nd, Venus, uh, the, and Jupiter will meet up in Aries. So, you know, if you have, if that your horoscope is affected by Venus and, and Jupiter, wherever it's going to be, I don't know, 12 Aries turn, I don't know exactly where it's going to be, somewhere around then, uh, go buy a lottery ticket. Um, but that, so there should be, uh, you know, some fiery generosity happening, good, news, but also the heaviness, the heaviness of the Mercury, the sobering mindset of this. Mercury conjunct Saturn at the very, very end of Aquarius. So maybe some controls that come down, some some ambition and controls involving technology and friendship. And I don't know, but between now and then, no exact aspects. It's like this apparent planetary lull that I have likened to looking at a glacier or an ice shelf rather in, in mm-hmm. the Antarctica Every time. Every time and, it ju- and something just there's a big long sigh mm-hmm. and something that something is like oh and then we all just move on so that we may have something like that some experience like that and there's no reason to freak out about it it's like one one example was you know Queen Elizabeth uh left the earth when during one of these lulls it was just like a big sigh and she's like okay I'm done and we all just, we, we, we mourned and, and we moved on. So that's life. The turning of the wheel. As Chris Flescher used to say, remember astrologer Chris Flescher, who brought us together because that's mm-hmm. how we met you. You heard me on his show, the turning of the wheel. Mm-hmm. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace.
0: You didn't sing that much. Oh my goodness. I did sing a little bit. A little bit. I, I sang a because- little bit. It just means I don't have as much to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you everyone for your time spent with us off the charts. A stellar newscast is patron supported. And once again, beginning in March, when Saturn goes into Pisces, patron subscribers will have access to all of our episodes. Non-paying subscribers will have access to every other week's episode. Patron level subscribers will also have access to an increasing number of items that we are including in the library such as technical explanations for the astrology behind these forecasts, case studies, deconstructing the news with the departments of they, and so forth. Also, through March 7th, you can get your annual subscription at 25% off the usual $75 for the year. For more details, visit insold.substack.com. You can also give gift subscriptions. Again, we can't thank you enough. For your support. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we continue to say thank you when we're not even saying thank you. I would also like to let listeners know that we are interested in working together with others. So, if you would like to be a sponsor, either just of the show notes or if you'd like us to mention you on air, please contact us. Also, if you're interested in having a speaker come to your event, uh, whatever it is, a corporate event, whatever, we are interested and have lots of experience in doing that kind of thing. Although I will defer to Elizabeth for PowerPoints. She is far better at those and she likes doing it. I don't.
1: I like PowerPoints. I don't understand. I like PowerPoints. Name that Monty Python sketch. Hey, I have a quick, I didn't mean to. I have a quick Python has a PowerPoint sketch. Who knew? No, it's the traffic light sketch. Okay. Just what is it? What? You can, you could support us on a monthly basis or an annual basis. And the deal we're offering is seven. Normally we ask for $75 a year, which translates to about six bucks a month. Uh, we are offering it until March 7th for $60, which translates to $5 a month on your part. And mm-hmm. of that $60, 10% of that goes to Substack and another three to 4% goes to PayPal or Stripe or whatever automatic thing. So we get something like, I don't know, under something like $52, you know, a, a one, 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 for every card in the deck. That's how the breakdown. So if it seems like this, this big number, um, it, it, it it's not that big when you break it down to, no, the month, it's not, and if you it's not it's it like, out. it's like a super duper latte or, or two cans yeah. of beans these days. The
0: forecast on which this podcast is based, you can find at graceastrology.com grace as an amazing grace graceastrology.com. You can find out more about me at insold.substack.com. So that's it for Elizabeth Grace and myself, Whitney McKnight. Anything else
1: you want to add? This has been so much fun because it always is super duper fun to get together and talk about all things astrological. And thank you who are listening now for listening. Venus conjunct Jupiter, look up for yes. God's sakes, look up as Venus and Jupiter, the two brightest, you know, the brightest planets in the heavens will be coming yeah. close together over the next week. You need to look up it. and see that and look up now because the moon is in Aries. And so that's where Venus and Jupiter are. So everything is all together okay. tonight. Oh, well, no, the moon won't be in Aries The moon will have moved on to Taurus, but it'll they'll still be close enough together. So So do that. Look up.
0: Yeah. Well, and the moon will be small because it's just been new. So the
1: moon is a little bit of a toenail, but as you do keep hope in your heart till next time. Bye. Bye.